morning. I'm Dean Heskin, President and CEO of Swiss America Trading. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Secret War on Cash, our podcast that uh, discusses and takes a look at various things and goings-ons of the economy and our financial markets. Uh, I actually have a special guest here with us today. I have Dustin Anderson. Uh, Dustin is a senior portfolio uh, manager for Swiss America, but in addition to that, uh, he is also the one who watches and oversees the pricing and product in the firm, uh, making sure that our positions are covered, making sure that we're getting the best value we can for our clients. Uh, So to that, I say good morning to you, Dustin. Good morning. How are you doing today, Dean? Doing very well. Thanks so much for joining us. Looking forward to uh, discussing a very uh, interesting topic, something, a recent topic that we've discussed, uh, which is gold and how many experts think that gold prices are getting ready to literally explode. And the reason I wanted to bring this up again today, Dustin, is that more and more big name analysts, as well as investors, are coming out saying the same thing. In the specific article that you can see on your screen, or for those of you who are listening, you can find the link there in your description, uh, you'll see they're suggesting a price spike of over $700 an ounce, which would mean we'd be looking at $2,700 an ounce gold. This according to Jess Felder, who puts out the Felder report. Now, what's interesting is the reason behind Felder's prediction is specifically tied to the U.S. debt, which, as the article featured here puts it, is spiraling out of control. Now, this comes as no surprise, I'm sure, to any of us. That's pretty much what has been at the forefront of the news lately, debt and our budget, As you read the article, you'll also find several other reasons Felder is saying that gold has been on an upward move and also why this move is more than expected to continue. So tell us a little bit more about gold's relation to the debt uh, and what would cause it to move along with what relation or in relation to some of these other reasons they cite uh, as they're suggesting gold prices skyrocketing and et cetera. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do so. First off, Jess Felder's great. Um, one of the more well-respected analysts out there. So, um, and he's exactly right. Uh, simply put, higher debts and deficits, higher gold prices. Um, and I know debts and deficits sort of gets thrown around today by our politicians uh, almost as easily as sort of what they had for lunch the previous day. I mean, they've almost taken on no meaning when they're discussing what debts and deficits actually mean. So when you hear the government say deficit spending, I think it's important that we realize um, that deficit spending simply means we are spending more than what we are actually taking in. So the, and that you can get away with that for a little while. If you have huge surplus reserves, you can spend more on, you know, when, when you have less coming in, but that obviously doesn't work when you're in a situation like the United States. We're effectively bankrupt. Um, you hear you know, $33 trillion currently that we're in debt right now and our deficit spending, we're averaging, we're spending a little bit more than one and a half, I think $1.7 trillion on a per annual basis, more than what we have coming in. And that's how we've gotten to $33 trillion. So it's it's a huge astronomical number that shouldn't even make sense to most people. Um, But when you look at 
the country's history. I mean, it took us almost 200 years just to get to $1 trillion in our debts and deficits. It was shortly after World War II. I think we were around $100 billion, which was a huge number back then. You know, fast forward up to the early 70s when we went off the gold standard, and that's what allowed the government to really start this unbridled spending. And we went from roughly $400 billion uh, in the early 70s. And then I think 1980, we finally hit $1 trillion. So these are huge numbers that we're talking about. And again, you know, 2008, Great Recession, we hit 10 trillion. Then again, 2016, we're at 20 trillion. Now 2023, 33 trillion. And numbers are projected to hit almost 40 trillion by 2026. So wow. it's, 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 it's crazy. And the government, they don't, you see, the luxury that the government has, they don't have to figure out their debts and deficits like you or me or, or the average taxpaying American citizen. You see, if, if Dean, if you and I were to take on a loan, let's just say $100,000, we take on some a loan or some sort of contractual obligation and we owe that 100 grand, we have 10 years to pay it off, accounting 101 states, that 100 grand is a liability and that goes on our balance sheet. Well, the government doesn't have to do that. What the government gets to do is they say, okay, we've taken on a $100,000 obligation. We don't owe that 100 grand now. We've got 10 years to pay that back. What we owe now is the payment and that's, we'll just say $5,000. So the government says we are currently $5,000 in debt. They don't say we're 100 grand in debt. So all those unfunded liabilities, the government kicks us out 75 years down the, the road. I think that's what they say, that the infinite horizon. So when you look at all the unfunded mandates, all those things like Social Security or Medicare or promises that people, you know, the, the government has made, programs that people have paid into, when you look at all those unfunded liabilities and those future promises that the government has made, I think it was 2021, Wall Street Journal said we we're at that, almost $100 trillion that the United States is going to owe. Now that number mm. is even, that's not even current anymore. When you look at actual Congress's numbers, the numbers that were um, put together by the Congressional Services reports for Congress to make future budget decisions, when you actually look at Social Security and Medicare and everything else the government has promised, that they are going to owe over the next 75 years, that is $163 trillion that the government is going to have to come up with. And I don't know about you, but I don't know where they're going to get it from. Because when you look at the actual money supply, they don't even report the M3 anymore since 06, because I think people would have lost their mind. But just M2, which is the current number that we can get, there's only roughly 20, almost $21 trillion in existence today. So they've wow. got to fire up the printing presses in order to come up with 163 trillion let alone 100 100 trillion so i think that works out to almost five hundred and seventy thousand dollars for every man woman and child we're not even talking taxpayers we're just saying every single person alive today in this country is going to be on the hook for 570 grand and that money it's got to come from somewhere and that's going to be either the printing presses higher taxation or the popping of bubbles um much like we're expected to see here in the coming coming future. Well, well you know, they, as, and you mentioned, you know, they keep pushing the debt ceiling and, and increasing the limit. I, I, that's where the expression kicking the proverbial can down the road comes from. Um, right. But, you know, it's you, 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 those numbers that you're, you're quoting there, Dustin, uh, they're so big, uh, so unmanageable. It actually, you start talking those numbers. And when you look at, you know what the article is suggesting that uh, this is going to be the impetus for higher gold prices. Uh, Seven hundred dollars seems cheap 
given what's going on in the world and what's going on in the economy and our debt and so forth. So very interesting yeah. and a little disheartening, but it, you know, the reality is what the reality is. So right. now switching, not switching gears, but I think when it comes to, to health and finance, we should never believe everything we hear, which is to say, it probably makes sense to get a second opinion. So that's what we're going to do here today. The next article we're going to feature is one where famed investor Jim Rogers is a believer in gold and silver, but goes even further to tout them even over stocks and real estate. The reasoning is pretty much identical or closely related uh, to the same reasons Jess Felder is calling for the $700 an ounce increase we just discussed. Now, Rogers, though, he kind of zeroes in on inflationary issues as well as the re a recession. But as we've talked about on this podcast and a few of our earlier ones, the growing taste for gold is something that's been building for quite a while now. Central banks, countries, institutions, and individuals alike have, have been buying up physical gold at a record pace. This is all happening as it's becoming more apparent to just about everyone, no matter what your background or beliefs about things related to finance or our financial system, I should say. The, the landscape is changing right before our eyes. The reasons, uh, reason Rogers, Felder, and all the others who are suggesting a strong diversification into physical metals is that historically, gold is the asset class that has best weathered the storm or the transition, if you will. So share with us a little more your thoughts about what Jim Rogers is saying as it, as it relates to you know, what he sees uh, taking place in the price of gold and the market for gold. Sure. Uh, you know, quite frankly... When Jim Rogers speaks, you should probably listen. Um, old school investor, common sense investor, and there's a reason he's one of the most success successful investors uh, out there. Um, I remember he famously, I'm sure you remember this, Dean, famously put his neck out on the line back in 2005 when at that time, real estate was great. The economy was great. The stock market was at record highs back then, and he flat out said that there's something rotten in Denmark. The emperor wears no clothes, and all you geniuses on Wall Street that are saying that this is a new era and this is going to continue forever and the rules of old no longer apply, he disagreed with it. And he, at that time, I think gold was around 550 an ounce. And he put his neck out on the line and he said, within the next year or so, gold prices are going to be $1,000 an ounce. And Wall Street laughed and they said, no way. And all these economists with their fancy models and charts said, absolutely no way. Well, within about a year, you know, I guess, you know, to give them a little bit of credit, Jim wasn't exactly correct. I think we hit about $850 an ounce. Um, but in you know, fairness to him, shortly thereafter, we then did hit $1,000 an ounce, and that is in the rearview mirror, and we'll probably never see $1,000 an ounce gold ever again. But there, the interesting thing about that article, though, is, is at the very end, he flat out says, and this is what makes him so wise, that this is the longest time that we have had without a recession in this country, and it is a very, very wise observation, and that's why people should actually listen to Jim when he speaks. Um, whether or not people know it or not, general rule of thumb, usually every decade, uh, there's some sort of uh, recession or crisis or something that takes place in this country that has a, a negative effect or a detriment to average Americans' savings and their wealth. Um, again, like I said, every 10 years. So we can just go right back through 
through time, the last one being the Great Recession of 2007-2009. That was our last official recession. You go right back, you know, again, general rule of thumb, every eight to 10 years, 2001, popping of the dot-com bubble. Um, before that, 1990 to 1992, savings and loan prices. I think unemployment hit around 7.6%. Um, before that, 1980-82 with uh, Black Monday in October of 1982. Um, even before that, when we went off the gold standard in the early 70s, that culminated uh, with high unemployment, stagflation, and then the oil crisis back in 1973. So you, you can just almost like clockwork every 10 years or so, we have something that takes place that happens. And the last time being 2009, here we are, 2023, that is 14 years that we've gone without some sort of recession that's happened. And, you know, again, common sense, at some point, you have to pay the piper. So Jim says the recession, it may not be tomorrow, may not be next month, it may not be next year, but at some point we know it's going to happen. And that's why it's better to buy gold now as, well, I mean, we've heard that the, the adage is, we've heard time and time again, it's better to be two years too early than two minutes too late. Because when something happens, there's there's no going back. I, you know, I, I had a client once tell me, I wish I could take credit for this, but they were very wise. One of the reasons they were buying gold, they specifically viewed gold as their insurance policy. And a lot of our clients do that. And, you know, you don't, you don't wait for something to happen. You don't wait for a fire to happen or damage to your house to happen and then buy insurance. There's no going back. You want to have that insurance policy put in place. So if something should happen, uh, you're prepared. Now, the odds of uh, your, your, Lord forbid, your house, whatever, to catch on fire. Thankfully, that's a pretty small chance of that happening. But clockwork, we have a, almost a, you know, history being any guide, I would say almost a 100% chance of some sort of recession happening. So if you haven't done so already, Jim, like I said, he's very wise. I would follow his advice and uh, do something now before waiting for something to happen after the fact. Well, that's, that's interesting. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in the, the consistency of mathematics when it relates to markets and timing and things of that nature. And, and you know, I've heard the same thing with the recession being every 10 years. And some have said, and it, it makes perfect sense, that uh, part of the reason that there's, we'll call it a delay, not that anybody per se wants to see a recession or a market pullback, but uh, COVID definitely stalled uh, the normal ebb and flow of markets just because of the way things kind of shut down, so to speak. And, you know, the, 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 the normal cycle or pattern was disrupted, but, you know, the points that Rogers brings up are, you know, very interesting, very compelling and spot on as it pertains to, you know, what we see happening in the world and the economy around us. So thanks for all that great information, Dustin. And for those of you tuning in, if you, Uh, are interested in getting our report, The Secret War on Cash, uh, some additional information on how to uh, position monies, albeit outside of a retirement account or inside a retirement account, into gold. They can both be done. Uh, If just looking for general information to understand the market more, please feel free and call us. Uh, You'll see our number on the screen there, 1-800-289-2646, or visit us online at SwissAmerica.com. Uh, To hear more episodes like this, please subscribe to our podcast. Feel free to comment. Love to hear from you. And also, if you haven't already, we'd love to have you follow us on social media. So, again, thank you, Dustin, for joining us today. Thanks for all that information. Uh, We look forward to having you back and give us an update. uh, Maybe when gold is 
over that $2,700, if not sooner. So I'm Dean Heskin. Thanks again for tuning in and look forward to talking with you next time.